Hello everyone, I am your queen. This is not a drill. Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of Ho Food. We are so freaking excited to finally be launching. You are hearing the voices of your lovely hosts. I'm Shay. And I'm Baloo. And we're two girls living in the big city with a whole lot to talk about. So we're both 27. We both grew up in Cambridge, Ontario. And I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out without us saying it. But Baloo and I are best friends and have been best friends for the long time. So we figured it was about time we started making moves together. We've known each other forever um, since we were like, I don't know, grade four maybe since we're in grade four a lot of history there and so we decided you know what we're always up on FaceTime for hours just talking shit so why not let the people in on the conversations that's literally how the idea for this podcast came to be is because I swear like I don't even know what happens when me and Baloo get into conversations but we can literally talk for hours. Like when I talk, I don't even know why this girl bothers to pay money for an actual therapist because I am her fucking therapist. Okay. <laughs> I will tell this girl things and then she will go and talk to somebody and then she will come to me and be like, bitch, my therapist said the same damn thing. I'd be like, girl, just because I don't got a degree don't mean I don't know shit. <laughs> so we'll get into that we'll get into that because this is a multi-faceted podcast and you know I'm all about that therapy that self-care also about you know where the money resides getting my (laughs) money up my investments my portfolio and so I feel like that's another great part about our conversations like we can discuss the whole shit the ratchet shit but and then be also... like, okay, girl, so tell me about them stocks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, what's Tesla doing? Like, you know? Honestly. So do you want to tell the people a little bit about um, what you do? Yes. Yeah, so um, in my full-time day-to-day, I work as an account project manager. I also do school part-time, more project management stuff because, you know, I'm just the type of person that likes to stay busy and then complain about it. Um, so we thought that's a fact. <laughs> just add a podcast into there because you know I'm also a really creative person, you know. So it's not just all Excel sheets and graphs, but you know, I also like to indulge in that creativity as well. Awesome. Okay, yes. and then for myself, Shay, your little baddie A T Town okay. Hottie. Here she goes. <laughs> Anyways, um, for the last four years, I have been doing um full body waxing. So I have a background in aesthetics. So basically all things beauty, skincare, and obviously, like I said, hair removal. I'm your girl. I do also have a background in writing. That's my little creative outlet. Um, eventually I would like to turn whole food into a blog. I kind of just give you guys some hard hitting stories from day-to-day life and just things that I'm going through kind of like an online journal. Um, so, you know, depending on the success of the podcast, we will see if we get to that. We'll see where it goes. (laughs) I feel like this can literally go anywhere. Anywhere. I'm I'm so excited for it. Um, and I'm excited for some, you know, real uncensored girl talk. Honestly, it's. It's so crazy because like literally me and Baloo are just saying how fucking nervous we are going into this first episode, which is like, we have like done practice runs before, but this time around, it's just 
it just feels different. Like yeah. we have a level of professionalism and we have a level of preparedness that we had just never hit before. Honestly, so this time it literally feels like we're both showing up to work. Like we're both showing up to a job and we have goals to meet and people to impress. Yes. So, I mean, but we're already talking and I already feel 10,000 times better because I'm also looking at your face <laughs> on the screen right now. And it's helping a lot because I'm like, okay, this is just another FaceTime talk for real. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. Your little head. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, here at Whole Food, we will be your two women giving you your weekly dose of uncensored girl talk. So we aim to please, and here we're going to be talking about all things, including dating, relationships, sex, and pop culture. We're going to be getting real about everyday matters and share advice for life as we navigate our own. Okay, so, I mean, should we get into the first topic of the pod? Yes, the very first topic. Guys, it's Women's History Month. March is Women's History Month, okay? So being two women, two Black women at that, we take a lot of pride in, and I was going to say Black History Month. <laughs> we take a lot of pride in Women's History Month. Um, but basically, you know, what it is, is is very self-explanatory by the title. Um, so it's basically just celebrating uh, pivotal women in history, you know, that have left their mark. Um, I think we're just um, women in general, right? Like women in general. at the end of the day, like Beyonce said, women run the world. And we need to celebrate ourselves, you know, and I'm really excited that we're talking about this because I was just speaking to my brother last night and he he wasn't even aware until recently that Women's History Month was a thing. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's really publicized that much and it really needs to be. Do they have Men's History Month? Uh, Ain't nobody trying to talk about that. Okay, because if they do, that's some (laughs) bullshit. But anyways, we're staying on on topic for Women's History (laughs) Um, The first topic I kind of wanted to get into was I really wanted to zero in on women's mental health during this pandemic, because I know for myself, some days I literally feel like the best version of myself. Uh, Other days, I literally feel like I'm about to enter a state of psychosis. It really does depend at this point. Uh, But I know a lot of other people, depending on their situation, they're going through hell or it's a dream for them. Uh, so for example, um, my sister, you know, she has kids, she works full time. Now she's at home though. The kids are back in school for a very long time. She was having to make sure that they do their online classes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then still be present and, you know, meet all her deadlines on time and whatever, whatever. And sometimes it can cause you to spiral out of control. You take on a lot of stress. And then from the time that you take on a lot of stress, a lot of things start to, you know, kind of just <laughs> mm-hmm. trickle down in effects from there, right? Yeah, it all so, raffles slowly but surely. I guess right now in this situation, though, we acknowledge that, you know, women everywhere, um, this is a very difficult time for us all. Um, but B, how is it affecting you? How are you doing? Girl, I feel like, honestly, it depends the day. Um, I think a major thing that has happened because of this pandemic is just that lack of work-life balance, you know, and just being a woman, especially, like, you're expected to work hard, especially if you're in a demanding kind of profession, you're expected Mm -hmm. to work hard, but also, you know, take care of yourself at the same time. So for someone like me, at my job, I'm in meetings almost all day. If I'm not in meetings, I'm managing projects, I'm talking to people. And then the day can just go so quickly. And because we're all at home, 
and your workspace is your home at the same time, it's really difficult to tell yourself when to put the computer away, when to stop responding. Right. There's no work-life balance. Exactly. There's no balance. And then at the same time, it just also makes you realize like, you know, people always say with successful men, they need a woman by their side because who's the one that's doing all the cooking, all the cleaning and all the stuff that goes, you know, basically unappreciated for. And I'm a woman and incapable of doing all those things in addition to my job, my schooling, things like that. So a lot of that falls to the wayside. Um, Or thankfully, since I live with my sister, she's able to help me. Right. But, you know, it definitely has such a negative impact on your mental well-being when you're not even able to, you know, go relax somewhere, go travel, go hang out with your friends and do all of the things that we used to do to unwind and de-stress. So that's something I've noticed. 100%. Um, For myself, I just, it's so crazy because literally, I think next week we're going to be going into a year going through the effects of this pandemic. Like that's when the first lockdown happened, or at least I got laid off from work March 17th of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so crazy because last year I felt like I was literally in my prime. So I don't for you viewers, um, you don't know this, but I do have my own mobile waxing business. Um, I technically had started the business a while back, but because I was working full-time for another company, um, I never really got to dive into it and actually gain clientele and start to do that regularly. So when we did get laid off, I started, I took that, those first few months to really buckle down, get all my legal documents sorted, um, kind of figure out, you know, like my client profile technique and blah, 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 get up on the social media aspect. So I feel like in that sense, the first few months, I was golden, baby. Like yeah, I was like, I remember, yes, I'm like you were living I, your best life. You were I was out living here. my best life. I was like, yo, fuck that job. Like fuck yes, these people. Like yes. I like being home. I did not give a shit. Now, basically, I think after my birthday, so my birthday fell in September and I don't even know what happened. Some sort of switch went off then all of a sudden it felt like the world was against me. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe towards the end of October, it was just like a steady decline until the end of December. Yeah. So I think once the second, um, the second wave, the second wave, I was going to say yeah. lockdown, but then that didn't happen until December. So once the second ra- yeah. wave really started to pick back up, then it was like, oh, fuck, like, I felt so good before. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, you know, I'm out of work. <laughs> yeah, I can't take on as many clientele, as many clients with my business as I could before. You know, you're starting to watch money, you're starting to watch your living situation. Like now all these things are catching up to you and are starting to affect you. And it just starts to weigh on your chest. It starts to weigh on your mental health. You start stressing, mm-hmm. thinking that you're about to lose all these things. You know, what are you going to do for money, regardless if you have savings or not? Because at the end of the day, savings run out. Exactly right? So savings run out. So I don't even know. But anyways, um, it worked out for the better. We're here working on the podcast now. Yes, Uh, we went into lockdown. And I really just, you know, had to find myself again, I started journaling. Um, I just started, you know, doing like little meditation sessions, going on walks, really just taking that time for myself and getting back to the things that make me me getting back to my roots, because I feel like through the whole Um, what is it now, like six and a half years that I've been living in Toronto, I just became so consumed uh, 
with the hustle and making money that I actually forgot about all the things that I used to love and that used to yeah, occupy my time before I moved out here right yeah exactly. so and really I think since- that's the biggest takeaway is that this time and I think the second wave was huge kind of almost a setback for everyone mentally right like being able to you know go back to the root of what actually makes you happy, you know, go back to connecting to nature, doing those things that you need to do for your self-care. You know, I've been doing that recently myself and I feel like that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, sometimes you just have to take a step back. It's like, at the end of the day, we can't control COVID. We can't control, you know, our financial situations, our jobs up to a certain point. So it's like, let's do the small things. Let's go back to journaling. Let's go back to practicing gratitude, um, going on walks and really taking care of yourself regardless of going on little dance breaks in the middle of the living room anything you gotta do (laughs) so many things yeah exactly um so let's move on to you know a more juicier aspect of how the pandemic (laughs) has affected us (laughs) um bitch i don't know about you but this pussy's dry (laughs) it's dry (laughs) nothing going on down there she got it's caught with. She don't know what real life is. She don't know what niggas is anymore. Anymore. Like, we're starting over. Oh my gosh! Honestly, I feel like um again this pandemic. Like I have a, enough things to worry about in my life than getting some dick at the end of the day. One hundred percent. And I also think, been there, done it. You know. had a little quarantine or whatever we don't need to get into it but at the end of the day she said quarantine we don't need to get into it for all of you who you know might not have heard her mumbles okay continue okay (laughs) (laughs) um but at the end of the day I think that you know if men were out here giving consistently good dick giving the girls what they need mm-hmm. then maybe you know during a pandemic I'd be thinking about that but since they're not it's kind of like <laughs> what am I really missing out on sis like no 100%. that's how I feel and mind you listeners I know when we just introduced that topic right now that I was being a little bit extra and making it seem like I actually desire men right now I don't let me just make that very clear I do not no I do not. If I wanted to, I would. 100%. And all of the men's see, okay, hold on. The couple of men's. True. We don't want to say I was entertaining prior to the pandemic. um, It didn't, it didn't work out and it just caused a lot of stress. So I definitely, there is nothing that a man can do for me, especially right now that I could not do for myself. So, <laughs> and that's it. That's how Mary had a little lab point blank period. <laughs> period. <laughs> that's, you summed it up perfectly. No offense. I love men. Honestly, I really do. And when things open up, I am excited to, you know, get back on that hot girl summer. But at this moment, if there's enough stress in my life as it it's is, not a priority to add to it by bringing in men it, no thanks 100 percent. no thanks and it's just so crazy because like I know for 
uh, we were, we kind of like touched on this the other day is that I do feel like for all the men that aren't living with a bay or that don't have a quarantine or whatever, they're kind of like going crazy and definitely looking for, you know, whatever pussy is attainable right now, which is why online dating or I don't want to say dating because technically mm-hmm. you can use those apps like just to meet people and get entertainment. Yeah. Um, but that whole like Bumble, Tinder, blah, blah, Ray, Ray. Um, it's kind of a flop right now because it really is impossible to just like have normal conversations with men because it, you literally enter a state of them just like kind kind of like wanting to speed through the getting to know you process mm-hmm. almost as if like in their mind they're thinking what can I tell this girl that will like hurry up the process mm-hmm. to get her to smash yeah like there's no genuine connection being established so I just yeah. don't really see the point in entertaining any of those online shits right now mm-hmm. or they'll just say you know what they think you want to hear here exactly yeah yeah exactly and I mean I have a little funny story I'll just <clears throat> share real quick <laughs> but at the beginning of um, COVID this was the first wave and I was just a little bit bored so I was like you know what let me get on Bumble let me just you know find some entertainment and I'm talking to this dude right no I was like there was literally no connection no vibes nothing and this man was so desperate to get laid that he literally agreed to wear a hazmat suit and just do a little cutout <laughs> for <laughs> oh I forgot about that story still <laughs> I rushed through a, a number of details but I just wanted to to let, let the listeners know this is what men are doing in these streets is that so... the same one that said oh I have face masks and condoms <laughs> Yes. That's how it started. He said, Oh, I have face masks and condoms. And I was like, Okay. Is that going to stop the virus from penetrating my body? (laughs) I don't know what that has to do with me, but it's still a no. Oh, here, Wyland. I was just like, Okay, so would you wear a hazmat suit and just, you know, do a little cutout? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When do you want to like? And I'm like, um, block. <laughs> block, done? I'm dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for the men listening, maybe check in on your brethren's, um, check in on your boys. They're not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> they need you in this time, in this time of crises. <laughs> Okay, anyways, let's touch on the next topic here. Um, So we really just, you know, Women's History Month and all. So we want to place an emphasis on some of the bullshit that women go through. So while we're on the topic of dating and our interactions with men and whatnot, let's talk about some of these motherfucking double standards with women and men in dating. Let's talk about that. me and Baloo have literally been binge watching a lot of Love Island. Okay. <laughs> so it really has just been my saving grace and challenging times, especially when I do have those moments where I'm kind of like, oh, you know, like maybe a little cuddle would be nice. Da, 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 da. And then something happens on the next episode and I'm just like, oh my God, no, <laughs> these men, like what is going on? But anyways, Um, One of the things I wanted to bring up was why does body count matter? Why does it matter? 
You know what? It's so interesting that you bring that up, especially with Love Island, because one of the recent episodes I watched, the the men's body count, they're like a hundred women. Bro. 200 women and then the woman who has a body count of maybe 30 men she'll be justifying it like you know okay. I'm much older than you that's why like really no sis you should not have to justify why you had sex with that many men you did what you wanted to do and that's that to men who have literally smashed 300 women by the age of 21 110 percent and it's just like I don't even know why men insist on asking that question and then they sit they sit there being like oh just tell me just tell me just be honest I'm not gonna care I'm not gonna care and then you say the real life number and they just look at you like yeah so you're a hoe eh (laughs) and I don't understand like why does it matter like it doesn't make me you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make me any less of who I am or any mm-hmm. less capable of being, you know, in a relationship or, yeah. you know, us being compatible or whatever it is, just because I've slept with X amount of men, mm-hmm. the same way you have X amount of women. You don't see me sitting here saying like, oh, right. So you ran through the whole dance squad. Um, yeah, it's a no from me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that. So I don't understand like why men make it such a big deal. Uh, But I'd say that that's one of the biggest double standards. It's a huge double standard. And it also reminds me of, um, you know, something that I've had a lot where people just based on my social media presence on my Instagram will assume that my body count is, you know, crazy and is like, you know, the opposite because... I'm literally just an introvert homebody, right? And it's just like, okay, so not only are you judging women on whatever their blood account is, you're then assigning a whole status to them based on what they post on Instagram, based on how they talk about sex, based on, yeah, exactly. And to me, that's so dumb, you know? And I think that that happens to a lot of women, a lot of these girls on Instagram. Um, I think Lori Harvey is another really great example of someone who, just based on how she presents herself on social media, how she lives her life, how she's out here living her best life. She does not present anything on social media other than the fact that like she is a baddie. Just, I look exactly, at her just because she's a beautiful media, exactly. woman. I look at her social media and I'm like, fuck, yo, that outfit, <sighs> class. Like, yeah. yo, your hair, eyes, makeup, everything on point, setting on point. on point, car on point. I'm not looking at her and thinking like, oh, yo, she must got fair niggas. Da, 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 da. Like, no, I, but that's how men think. And that's the point. Because I feel like when I say yeah, how they present themselves on social media, I 100% mean just a beautiful girl who takes pictures of herself looking good. 100%. Because at the end of the day, that's all I do. So, but then also, <laughs> I'm going off that topic of Lori Harvey when that bitch ass fucking boozy. I don't even know why that nigga thinks that <laughs> he has the right to be speaking on anybody outside of his, like, whoever the hell created his children. But no, honestly, that shit pisses me off because then he's trying to speak, like, he's talking out loud about how uh, Michael B. Jordan, you know, should be the one that's praised because he turned someone like Lori Harvey, who has just been running through guys, and she's technically a hoe, and he still turned her into a wife, and blah, 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 and it's just, oh, I'm sorry, you do realize that she is a public figure. She dates the same way that everybody else in the world does, that every single woman does, It's not her fault that the media follows every single one of her relationships. 
keep in mind that those are relationships, not just people that she was spotted with. So how does that make her a hoe? Just because you have read um, in the freaking media and you have seen on her Instagram or whatever that she has been linked to all of all of these men. It's ridiculous. And just because you're dating someone, just because you someone took a picture of you walking with a man doesn't mean that one, you're sleeping with him. At the end of the day, sleep with as many men as you want. That doesn't make you a hoe. At the end of yeah. the day, if you are a hoe, that doesn't mean that you're less than and that someone should be talking down to you as a person. And then exactly. for this old ass man, how old is this man? 50, 60, 70? I don't fucking know. But all I know <laughs> you're being extra. <laughs> listen, you're being extra. listen, all I know is that these grown ass men need to stay out of women's business. Mm-hmm. and fucking you know mind the business that pays them how about that okay because Lori is in her um I don't know if it's mid early 20s I think she's in her 20s yeah but I know that <laughs> that 70 year old man got other responsibilities to be worried about then who's Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey okay say it again sis At another thing day, is I think he's just jealous because she's a baddie and he could never I never thought of it from that standpoint, but I think that there could be some truth to what you're saying. But at the end of the day, we still never know what the hell runs through these guys' minds. So, um, but another thing is um, insecurity. I do play, I do think that in relationships or between men and women, it does um, manifest (laughs) in different ways to say the least. Mm -hmm. So I just find that you know, if a woman has insecurities and she voices them or they are obvious, all of a sudden um, her whole character is questioned, you know, especially in a relationship, a guy will now pipe up to her and say like, oh, this is unattractive. You have to trust the relationship. You have to do this, so on and so forth. But then, you know, you have a bad bitch. You have a confident ass woman that can carry her own and, you know, maybe doesn't vocalize her insecurities even if she doesn't have them and then you'll have the guy that's associated to her who does have his insecurities whether it's like oh he doesn't think he's as attractive or as tall compared to other men that he see her that he sees her talking to then he voices it and he just expects her to be understanding and accommodating and baby him and nurture him and constantly reassure him that you know oh it's okay baby you know you're the only man for me you're the most handsome guy you have the biggest dick like you have no no insecurity for me is a huge 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 deal breaker do not come to my line or to my house, whichever one it is, and talk to me about who I'm talking to on social media, X amount of men, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you on that. I mean, okay. I don't know if I'd say it's it's a deal breaker for me. I know kind of who you're talking about. (laughs) Um, And in that sense, yes, very unattractive. But I do want to distinguish between someone who is, you know, continuously insecure and kind of fishing for compliments and worrying about who you're talking to because he knows you're a baddie and other men are in your DMs versus someone whose love language is reassurance and they need to know. There's a difference, yes. There's a difference. So I definitely want to distinguish with that. between that. I'm okay with reassuring someone if I know that that 100%. is 100%. If words of affirmation is your love language, mm-hmm. I also feel like there is a way to communicate which one you mean. 
You know what I mean? I feel like someone who has insecurities that, you know, are related to trust issues and stuff like that. Like they have their own personal turmoil going on. Um, it's just, there's, they communicate it differently. I feel like they're more aggressive in the way that they ask you for affection and they kind of start to like attack you and gaslight you and stuff like that because yeah. like they're creating, they're sitting there creating scenarios in their own head that don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter how many times you say, no, babe, like that's not the issue. Da, 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 this is what it is in their mind. They're still saying, oh no, like you're lying. This is actually what you're doing. I'm not going to take your word for it mm-hmm. versus someone who's uh, love languages, words of affirmation, then I feel like they're actually just going to be like, you know, honestly, I love it when you tell me this, like, you know, I love it when you tell me you love me, you know, or I'm the only girl for you, or I'm the only guy for you or whatever. Like they'll just be a lot more gentle Mm -hmm. in the way that they approach it because they just want you to know that they really appreciate it and admire it Mm -hmm. when you make them feel like they are the only person for you. Yeah, exactly. That's the key. So I, at the end of the day, I guess it kind of does relate back to communication and the way that you express yourself. So any men that are listening to this episode, if you just heard what we just said, please fix up in the way you approach bitches, okay? <laughs> if you have insecurities, you need to take that time, figure out what the root cause of it is, or talk it out with somebody who has a higher intelligence than yourself and could give oh, you some okay. insight and perspective. I didn't mean that in a condescending way, but just intelligence, emotional intelligence, sorry, let me clarify, who has a higher emotional intelligence than yourself (laughs) that could help you work through your problems, or better yet, there is a person called a therapist that gets paid roughly 80 grand a year or more to help you with those problems, perhaps you should look into that as well, Mm -hmm. and this goes for both men and women, not just men. Okay, Okay? that was a PSA (laughs) from Miss Shay, she she just said what she Say. Okay. Is, is, that, is that right? Okay. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, guys. So the next thing that we want to talk to you about is body image. This mm-hmm. is a big thing. I was actually telling Baloo that I don't even know why it just came up on my feed the other day because when I actually looked at when it was posted, it was posted a month ago, the Lana Condor interview where she was talking about body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Um And it's funny because like you look at people like that and you would never imagine that they are scrutinizing themselves like that in the mirror, that they Mm -hmm. can think such negative thoughts about themselves. But then, you know, when I think about myself and how I view my body or my insecurities when it comes to how I look, it really is a common thing. Like common is an understatement because it affects a lot more people than you think just some people are a lot more vocal about it than others and some people actually let it affect their day-to-day life Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I was reading about you like um I think they said it affects you know like the actual body dysmorphia condition affects maybe like two percent of the population but when I think about the the people that I have around me in my circle of friends I know for a fact that every woman that I know has dealt with some form of this, you know, at some point in their life. I would say that there's there's different variations of body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Like there's obviously, you know, the, the textbook definition of it, which is like, you know, you essentially envision your body in a way that it doesn't actually look and you're super hard on yourself Mm -hmm. um, to put it into simpler terms. But you do, I feel like everybody has to understand, especially women that, body dysmorphia like it takes on different forms because I find it common that you will often see yourself 
through a way in, more intense lens than other people mm-hmm. see you. Yeah. Yeah. So like for yourself, um, like, do you feel like you have a form of body dysmorphia or that you're super hard on yourself when it comes to your body? Yeah, for sure. And, and it's really interesting because I feel like it's one of those things that I never associated with myself. I feel like in, in some ways I'm very confident. I'm very, you know, much comfortable with showing my body, wearing what I want to wear, doing what I want to do. But then in other ways, I see that those insecurities definitely present themselves. And I, I definitely notice when, you know, quarantine I've noticed it a lot because it's like being home for such an extended period of time um you know before we went into lockdown I was at the gym with a personal trainer I was trying to get fit right and like quarantine happened and I gained weight just being home eating shit being oh my god right and eating eating and so it's like it's it has definitely like you know put a hit on that confidence and then when I look back on pictures of myself me knowing that back then I thought I looked like shit or, you know, I wasn't happy with the way that I looked. Um, and then me thinking now, oh, I wish I'd looked like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I noticed it the most. And I think that that's one that is very common because a lot of people that I know say the same thing. It's they look a picture of when they were in high school and it's like, you're a teenager. You're so critical of yourself. And then now you're thinking, oh my, oh my gosh, what I would do to look like, you know, how my body looked then, you know, I think right. that's something we've talked about that you've experienced as well. Um, do you feel like you can recall a certain time when it really started to take over you scrutinizing yourself like that. Like, do you feel like something specifically caused it? Or do you kind of just feel like, you know, as the time went on, especially like with social media and like the unrealistic portrayals of women's bodies and stuff like that, it kind of just like triggered it along the way. And slowly Mm -hmm. over time, you started to like scrutinize yourself more and more and more. Yeah. When do you think it began? Well, I think that I've been scrutinizing myself since I was in elementary school, you know, not myself Ooh, as a whole. Taking it way back. <laughs> I t- I, I'm like, damn, we're getting deep. I've never really spoken about this, but I just, yeah, not myself as a whole, but certain aspects of myself. You know, when I was, when I was in elementary school, I was, I was younger, I had to go to the hospital a lot and see a lot of doctors. Mm-hmm. And I remember one doctor, they would always be talk- talking to me about losing weight and all of this. And I remember one doctor asked the kids like before she left she she was like oh you know your your chin is like getting really heavy or something like that and then ever since then I have been so conscious about that and then I what the fuck does that even mean who said your chin is getting very heavy (laughs) sis (laughs) it's so stupid it's like I look and now it's like my double chin is thriving like it is what it is but looking back at pictures of myself in elementary school it wasn't and I, I thought it was like, I literally would criticize that about myself so much after she made that one comment. So right. I think it's things like that. I don't think social media really affects me in the same way that, right. that I've seen that it affects other people, but it's right. definitely things like that, like small comments here and there um, yeah. over time that I think build up to this image in my head that is just not even accurate, you know? Right. Yeah. How about you? um it affects me for sure it affects (laughs) me for sure and I feel like to the people that I do uh speak with about it they're always so surprised because 
it just it doesn't it's out of character for my personality yeah like a lot of the time and like listen be, you guys if you're listening you've never seen Shay she's a fucking baddie okay 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 whoa no whoa, stop the slander no. listen bitch okay people just need to know your order in the court <laughs> order in the court so <laughs> I'm always shocked but anyway please continue okay thank you thank you <laughs> I appreciate the kind words but okay let me actually start there because it's actually so unfortunate and I tell everybody this especially when I am dealing with guys and they start to shower me with compliments for as long as I can remember, every single time showers me with a compliment, I literally cringe. I cringe. I don't know what to say. I feel awkward. I feel uncomfortable. Mind you, yes, I'm flattered. I appreciate the kind words, but it's just like, I just get into the state of like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. But like, what about this insecurity? That's great. Okay. I have a pretty face. That's cool. But you know, I still got this and I got this, like, they don't know about that. Like, why are they saying this? Like, And this is why I wanted to talk about this whole body dysmorphia issue, because it's just like, especially when you get to that point of not really knowing how to accept a compliment, because there are a lot of things about yourself that you view uh, differently and get very difficult sometimes in everyday life. So like for myself, I would say that mine started honestly, probably the same, probably in about, I would say maybe grade six, grade seven, grade six and grade seven, I did cheerleading. So when I did cheerleading and I started learning how to tumble and everything, and, you know, on the team, I was surrounded by other girls that were highly athletic, you know, they were gymnasts, da, 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 da. And like, it was from when I was young, when I started to develop hormonal issues. So, you know, from a young age, I started to carry excess weight in places where, you know, most average girls at that age don't, right? Mm-hmm. so I already started to become very conscious about that and then being surrounded by all these girls that were way more fit than I than I was and you know we would do like 2k runs or whatever and I'd be out of breath after like the 400 meter and they're yeah. going 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 oh going God, going I like leaving me in the freaking dust yes. it was honestly embarrassing but for my family so I come from a Caribbean household and you know they're not shy on wagwan fati oh your legs them tick like you know they just go on and on and on and on it's just like they don't take into consideration that like every single time they fucking see you they do not need to bring up an insecurity or something that is obvious to the human eye like you see your body in the mirror every single day you know what you fucking look like no aunt hilda you do not need to talk to me about my fat ass thighs like i just cried for an hour this morning over them you did not have to slap me on the thigh in front of my 10 uncles like what is the reason you know what i mean yeah so oh my gosh I definitely feel like my mom had to deal with it when she was younger. So she did it to me when I was younger. And it was like, now looking back on the pictures from high school and stuff, I was actually, I had a really nice body and I was actually really tiny, but I never saw myself in that light because my mom would always be like, oh, you know, like you have such a tiny top, you have small arms, like your stomach is so flat. But if you just lost weight on your legs, or if you just lost weight here, if you just toned that, you would be perfect. You would look so much better. And I literally had to hear that every single day, she would point something like that out. So then even when fortunate, because that's just your body shape, even if you were to lose weight you can't choose where it goes you can't choose to lose weight in your thighs and your butt or whatever at the exactly. end exactly shape is what it is you 100%. can't pick and choose where the fat fucking goes 
but it's just super insensitive. And I just feel like a lot of parents, especially in black households, they don't really take into consideration that when you are making comments about, you know, a young child's body mm-hmm. in her developmental age, that's exactly. going to take a toll on her mental health. And that's going to continue throughout her life as she gets older. Mm-hmm. So, and that's exactly what I feel happened to me. So then when I moved out to Toronto and I went through a whole depressive phase and I was, you know, relying on food for comfort, um, the weight started to pack on more and more and more and more. And the thing is, is like with my body shape, the weight kind of disperses evenly in a sense, even though I do have like a thicker bottom half compared to my top half. So a lot of people always tell me, oh, I don't know why you complain about that. Like you look good, you wear your weight good, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, yeah, you don't have to look at the fucking cellulite that pokes through my yoga pants and da, 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 da. You don't have to see my stomach hanging when I'm sitting on the toilet. Like you don't have to see none of this. I am the one who has to see this day in and day out. Mind you, regregless of whatever imperfections I do have, I still think I'm a bad bitch. Okay, let's let's I just want to make that that clear. I am a beautiful woman. I am a bad bitch. (laughs) And I could do anything that I set my mind to. So exactly. I feel, I feel like, like that's, that's the duality. That's the and best that, exactly. part. And that's the way to us. handle it. But that sadly, a lot of people don't know how to handle it like that. It yes. takes such a toll on their day-to-day life that, you know, it affects the relationships. It affects the relationships, you know, with, with men. Um, even something as simple as like putting on the outfit that you feel makes you look like a hot girl and going to the mm-hmm. mall or going to the park or doing whatever you got to do. A lot of the times, and I can say this from experience, even though you look like a hot girl, you're still thinking, oh my God, like, do they notice the role that's showing through this top? Like, oh my God, my arms are bulging. Like, do they see it? So on and so forth. It's literally this little Mm -hmm. voice in your head that is so toxic and vile and just lives there like a shoulder angel that you can't get away from. It's so, it's so toxic. And I think that one of the key takeaways that you know I've I've gotten from therapy is like you know you can't speak to yourself in that way imagine someone saying that to your friends your loved ones people you care about you would be upset you wouldn't like it so it's like you need to treat yourself like you treat the people that you love at the end of the day one is perfect and even if there are things that you want to work on about your in yourself while you are the way that you are you should love yourself regardless of size 100 like at the end of the day yes they see that role yes your arm could be thick but at the end of the day that doesn't mean you're not still a fucking baddie that you're not exactly that you can't still wear a fucking crop top do exactly and that's it like and, and, that's and then cool. I just I just wanted to add this in super quick before we wrap up this topic, um, referring back to that Lana Condor interview. That's exactly what she said in terms of like how to handle it mm-hmm. is, um, you know, the way you would talk to your friend and, you know, encourage them that they're they still look great. They can still rock that fit. They can still, you know, go land that role, go land that job, go get that man, whatever it is. That's how you need to talk to yourself. You need to have patience with yourself. You need to have mm-hmm. patience with your process. Yeah. You just have patience with your body and have patience with your mind. And you just really need to sit there and like meditate, focus, do whatever you need to do to like calm your mind when you are getting into that hyperactive state of like being overcritical. And yeah. you just need to tell yourself, listen, I have a plan. I have a routine. I love my body. You know, I do mm-hmm. care about my health. And then just take the time to work towards it. Just be calm with yourself. Talk to yourself kindly. The more that you recite affirmations and just, you know, really tell your mind, I am 
I'm sorry to use the word perfect, but I feel like everybody is perfect to themselves in a sense. You know yeah, what I everyone mean? Everyone is perfect in their own way. And- exactly. So you really yeah. just need to tell yourself like, I am good enough. I am enough. And then honestly, just go from there. Just exactly. have that kindness with yourself the way that you would the people closest to you. Yeah, exactly. And that goes for men and women. And I think, you know, also don't compare yourself to others, right? Because I think that a lot, I I would say even for both of us, you know, growing up in the city that we grew up in, surrounded by white people, people. (laughs) sorry to say it, white people. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to say it. (laughs) Surrounded by white people. It's like I started developing at a very young age, like, my boobs started growing oh I my god y'all this, she got these tickle bitties that they just bounce they be looking so good in her tops and shit anyway thank you <laughs> when you start developing at a young age and you see all the girls around you aren't there yet and then it's like I would just start feeling like oh I'm huge just because I had boobs and no one else did exactly. and th- at the end of the day that's comparison so mm-hmm. your body is yours no one else's don't compare your body to the next girls to the next man exactly right and also for all of my black women out there we already got enough motherfucking problems to deal with being a black woman being sorry being a black woman sorry yeah I like I plural that I don't know where I was going with that but being a black woman in a white person society essentially so it's like you really just need to nurture that part of yourself um and stop focus focusing so much on like the, the physicalities of it all you know what you look like blah blah ray ray um we got too much to deal with we, we got too much to do exactly with. Like, just love yourself at the end of honestly the day. just That's love yourself self-love is the best kind of love if you don't start there who the hell else is gonna love you ho mm-hmm. Amen. okay guys it's time for that part of the show where we talk about other people's business in the media that is not our own dying to talk about this the first hoe headline that i'm gonna get into is the megan markle oprah when megan markle exposes royal family for toxic behavior that is the headline yes that's true let's just get into that because first of all so the at, at the moment that we're recording this, it hasn't happened. It's about to happen very soon. I'm so excited. We're going to watch We're going to stop this podcast and we're going to watch this shit ASAP. But let's just talk about the fact that the royal family is a white institution with a history of colonialism. And the moment that a black biracial woman comes into their midst. Mayhem. Want to do? Fucking mayhem. Tear her down. She's literally growing a human in her body. And they can't even be supportive of anything this girl does. Anything. She cannot breathe without them saying, Megan killed a hundred freaking children in Britain. Whatever bullshit the Daily Mail wants to do. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's just ridiculous. Okay, honestly, actually, before we jumped onto this freaking podcast, it actually popped up on the popular page or whatever the hell I was looking at. And Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives of whatever the fuck. I saw that, yeah. Um, tell me why this bitch is talking about, 
oh, Meghan Markle, cry me a fucking river. Like you were an unknown actress. Um, you collected seven figures to do this interview and now you want to sit Dumb here and bitch. cry about it. Like, first of all, are you and your you husband You are not showing your ass right now, Bethany. Did if one day you ever listen to episode one of Whole Food, you are showing your ass right now and you are literally putting on display the type of fucking white ignorance That's all that we are always trying to talk about. Who are That's you? It. Because at the end of the day, whatever she's going through that she's feeling the need to voice is a form of bullying. Yeah, exactly. It's and a I form of bullying, so it's not okay. Regardless of what color you are, and especially because of the fact, like you said, you know, history of colonialism is a fucking white embassy over there. So as a Black woman, the fact that she's going through this when you know for a fact that nobody else in that motherfucking castle has to deal with what she's going through, yes, it is relevant. Yes, it does need to be talked about. So sure, you can go ahead and voice your little, you know, scantily opinion on your little podcast <laughs> there, but don't come to my Twitter. Don't come to my Instagram with that bullshit. Blocked. 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 Okay. So this cancel culture that we have, but I think we've been a cancel Bethany. I think she's been canceled because I didn't know <laughs> she was out of jail and able to tweet until I saw that shit today. Okay, guys. So it took me editing this podcast and hearing what she just said to realize that she actually got her housewives confused when she was talking about the fact that she got out of jail and was able to tweet. She definitely had Teresa Guidis or Guidis in mind and not Bethany Frankel. So for all of you that caught that mistake, or maybe you didn't and it was completely irrelevant for me to point that out, but that's besides the point. I just want to take the time to say, I know I caught it. I'm setting the record straight. I'm correcting her. Bethany Frankel was not just released from prison. Now back to what we were saying. Because I don't even understand how literally Recently, Chris Harrison from The Bachelor just went under fire for all that shit about supporting um, whatever local racist girl apparently was on the show or whatever, mm -hmm. supporting something that she did when she was 18. It was mindless behavior. She was immature at the time. I don't know. I haven't yeah. actually listened to her follow up, but I'm just trying to give you the gist of it. And that is completely relevant. Everybody's talking about it, so on and so forth. But now, you know, Meghan Markle speaks up and just because she's married to a royal, it's like, oh, boo-hoo, cry me a river. And the okay. last thing that I want to say on this topic is at the end of the day, until the royal family wants to investigate why Prince Andrew was hanging around a pedophile rapist, Jeffrey Epstein, until they want to talk about that and investigate Facts. that, they need to shut the fuck up and leave Megan alone. Talk that talk. And that's it. Talk that talk. <laughs> that's all I have talk to Talk that talk, bitch. <laughs> yo i wonder if bethany is one of those white girls that fucking have black lives matter in her motherfucking bio you know <laughs> if you guys are out there that are social media trolls you need to find the evidence send it into our fucking instagram a whole food and let us know we will spill the tea on the next episode okay, okay thank, you. thank you anyways next topic since we're hella heated um is chloe bailey the next beyonce so I was on Shade Room, okay, and I saw a video of Beyonce's dad fucking being mad disrespectful because apparently someone said Chloe was the next Beyonce. Girl, we all saw it. And I'm just like, it. okay, but why do we always compare women? Because they tried the shit with Normani, 
or Normandy. Yeah. I don't know how to say her name. And I just like it sets people up for failure because it's like they're just out here trying to do them, trying to live their life, trying to be successful. And everyone just wants to say, oh, next Beyonce. Yeah. Why are yeah. we pitting them against each other like that? Okay, but pause on that thought. I did not read into the whole history of how Chloe and her sister and Beyonce are connected. But, you know, as a Beyonce fan, from what I remember, Beyonce founded those twins. Yeah, she did. And essentially, you know, opened the door to their career. So, you know, I feel like Beyonce's, you know, record of success displays that if she were to found an artist, she would be looking for qualities of herself and the people that she's bringing to the table. So my concern is if Beyonce was the one who founded them and obviously, you know, sees potential qualities in them to reach maybe that level of success that Beyonce herself has, mm-hmm. why was her dad wiling out talking about Oh my God, that disrespect that you have to, co- to compare exactly. her to Beyonce. It's exactly. like, hello, hello. You know, it was your daughter that founded them, right? Like those are her protégés. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, I would imagine that she would be grooming them to be a prototype of herself. Mm-hmm. No. So where are you going point. with that? That's a great point. Exactly. Yep. Where are you going with that? It makes no sense. And mind you, he's an older black man. So a lot of the time they, they don't even really be asked knowing the questions that are being asked. They just hear sentence fragments and then form the responses. <laughs> you ain't gotta be like that. <laughs> but, but it's true. But it's true. You could literally walk up to a black man and say a whole, okay, sorry. I don't want to generalize and say all black men. I'm talking like, <laughs> you know, your auntie, your uncle, grandpa, you know, the ones that are a little bit hard of hearing. <laughs> Okay, okay. Anyway, selective hearing. Um, you know, I feel like in his head he was probably hearing, oh, Chloe Bailey is Beyonce. You know what I mean? That she is already. So you think he just heard a whole different question? Bro, he had to oh, because that's madness. Like, how do you sit there in an interview that you know is gonna be broadcasted to the world and literally condescend a young girl? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was crazy. I don't even know if he's still affiliated with Beyonce, but he was so bothered. I just leave that girl alone again. And it's, oh men stay God. out of women's business. At the end of the day, just just mind your business. And honestly, it's funny because until I saw that interview with Matthew Knowles, I could have seen that man on the street, and I wouldn't know who he is. Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. but that's besides the point um you need to talk about this next point because to be honest I went and listened to the song and it was just it went over my head so so honestly I don't really have much to say but I was just on the gram and I saw people talking about you know was Drake talking about how he had an affair with Kim K again this freaking conversation that has been going on since in my feelings dropped he said kiki do you love me this and that i only found out today that kim kardashian goes by the nickname kiki because i do not watch keep me up with the kardashian cash and in case Kura. you guys didn't know the, with the i was the one i was the one that told blue that she does get referred do not to keep as up with the kks so <laughs> i thought you know this doesn't have anything to do with kim now that i've learned this maybe it does and i just think drake is being petty 
as he is our petty Scorpio king right there and he will never let go of the fact that Push beat him in that freaking rap battle and so he's just gonna keep subtweeting Kanye in songs until the end of time buddy listen that's really I hate to bring it up but Kim is going through a divorce. She's going through a very, very stressful time right now in her personal life and with her children. She does not need this fucking Toronto man. Bullshit. He's such a Toronto man too. Like, dude, and let me, and let me say, I love Drake, yes. And I don't actually know what the intention was behind that lyric. I really don't know. And to be honest, I really genuinely could care less. But it's just like, in terms of everybody trying to make it more than probably what it is, leave that girl alone. leave that girl alone she don't need to be seeing this popping up popping up on her timeline it is completely irrelevant um because at the end of the day affair or not she's still married kanye had a bunch of beautiful ass kids Mm -hmm. and now they're you know trying to go their separate ways so it is completely irrelevant just ignore just enjoy the fucking song keep it on the charts do whatever y'all do to support your little homeboy and that's that that's that. That's it. All right. So let's get to the next topic. Our last topic of the pod. Holy shit. This has flown by. But um, okay. Let's get into it, girl. What was just- the reason, bitch? I don't need to explain myself to you. And what was the reason? What is irritating your soul this week? Keep in mind that we titled this segment what was the reason because every single time we are having a conversation ever since that whole cardi b shit came out and was made relevant and every single time something fucking irritates our soul we literally scream what was the reason like there's just no other way to like it just it just communicates how you feel it communicates how it makes Mm -hmm. you feel effortlessly yes so um I'm gonna try and you know be very quick about this because you know I'm not trying to get too angry telling the story again but anyways like we said we live in downtown Toronto we have a favorite bubble tea shop that we always go to um literally has the best like pineapple fashion fruit green tea whatever it is we get the extra tapioca because they're hella fucking stingy but anyways went there to get the same drink. The girl claimed that she put extra tapioca in my drink. Meanwhile, I get in the car, I'm driving down Spadina and I'm not tasting the, I'm not, I'm not taking, tasting the bubbles in my tea. Okay. I'm not tasting the bubbles in my tea. So now I pull back up because you know, money don't grow on trees. And I say, Hey, listen, you know, like my bubble tea has no bubbles. So I'm gonna need you to fix that. But obviously I said it in a much more respectful way. And the girl and her two other employees start ganging up on me, just being so fucking vile and prejudiced, talking about, I gave you two level scoops of tapioca, da 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 and you're trying to tell me I didn't, I'm not changing, I'm not uh, fixing the drink for you, blah, blah, blah. It was literally becoming a quarrel. And if you know me, I'm hot-headed. So it was definitely a back and forth thing. Anyways, swallowed my pride, grabbed the drink. I was still going to drink it, mind you, because I had been craving that shit for a long ass time. In a huff, I walk up to the door. I grab the door handle with the drink in my fucking hand. The fucking drink slips out of my hand and hits the floor. I look down, (laughs) flabbergasted. I pick up the drink thinking, oh, it's okay. I'll just save it. As I pick up the drink, the whole fucking cup cracks in half. Whatever bubbles was in the cup, the beautiful pineapple and passion fruit concoction <laughs> that was lubricating my throat just minutes ago, oh God, all spilled out onto the floor. Okay. 
And the first thing I think is, fuck, they're going to think angry black woman. She just dashed the drink on the fucking floor to make our jobs more difficult. And I really did. It was honestly an honest mistake because my attitude fucking sucks. But like, I couldn't say that because I was so embarrassed. Like, what do you do? So I hear the girl yell, fuck. And then she comes up with her other employees to come clean it up. And it's a whole thing. So, you know, I go outside trying to cool myself off. I grab my wallet, come back inside. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need a refund on that drink. Don't really know where my logic was, but I mean, my drink was already wasn't perfect to begin with. And since the drink is now on the floor, please replace it or give me a refund. I, you know, proposed it a lot more logically when I was actually speaking to the girl. The girl says to me, I can't give you a refund, but I can replace this drink exact mm-hmm. words quote me on it okay? okay okay i get to the cash her and the girl start making my drink tell me why this broad fucking picks up the debit terminal punches in 785 and hands it to me mm-hmm. so i look at her with a face like a slapped ass because i'm like bitch i just paid you eight dollars for the last drink i'm like you just said you would replace it why the hell would you think that i would pay again she goes if you want another drink, then you're going to have to pay for it. It was not my fault that you said that I didn't make it properly the first time. And then you threw it on the floor. Mm. So obviously that was another argument, but long story short, I'm still craving the bubble tea. I'm really disappointed that now I can't show my face in there out of sheer embarrassment. And I'm going to have to find a way to go in there with a disguise to get my bubble tea at a later date when this all settles. That is honestly, when you told me this, sir, I was so heated because I just thought like, wow, customer service (laughs) is a thing. Uh, Do you own the establishment? Like, No, keep in mind, I told the story to Baloo in grander detail. So she got all of those juicy little details. We don't really have time to go through right now. So that's why she's saying that. But it just doesn't make sense. (sighs) At the end of the day, you're there, you're getting paid your minimum wage, adding some more bubbles, giving this girl another drink is not going to hurt your paycheck. So what is the reason that you're just being a salty, nasty, ashy bitch? I just want to know. There's, I agree. There's it no doesn't reason. make sense at all. No, none. But <clears throat> at least you got it off your chest. You got out of it. Wait, I was going to say we got it out of our chest, but it was just my chest. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I did get it off my chest. Now, really quickly, in 60 seconds. I just wanted to say for everybody who watches Bridgerton, because it has literally been watched four times in my house because I put everybody on that show. Can we please just all nod in agreement that it is disgusting and an embarrassment that the Duke of Hastings fucks this girl every single day, several times a day and comes in 20 seconds with his fine ass. Okay, don't even do my man like this, okay? Don't even do my I man like this. Mind you, it was a love-hate relationship with him throughout the whole season, but when I saw that girl... Bitch. Okay, it's a time lapse, okay? He's lasting at least five minutes, okay? Oh. So put some... <laughs> put some respect on the duke of hastings like, time lapse bitch i don't think in that century they even knew what the fuck time lapses were <laughs> what okay, bitch. okay. <laughs> oh my god but anyways we don't have enough time to continue on with that topic but you guys can definitely you know write in send us a little message giving us your thoughts on that we would love to hear it um but other than that, I really hope that you guys really did enjoy Bridgerton. It got renewed for a second season. So it will be coming back for your head tops probably sometime next year, which I'm super excited for. 
Um, if you guys do have any dilemmas, some messy life stories, anything of the sorts, you can also email us and we'd be happy to read it out at the show. Uh, on the show and give you any applicable feedback. So you can email us at hofood at gmail.com. And that's it for tonight's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Music by typing in at hofood, H-E-A-U-X-F-O-O-D. Open up your IG and don't forget to follow us on our socials at underscore shenanigans and at whimsical souls for your daily dose of ho inspiration. And of course, don't forget to follow the whole food Instagram at whole food. And that's on period. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>